Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Instead of just discussing WWE Raw and AEW Dynamite and how far gone the ratings are and what I disliked, what I didn't like, I'm going to just still do that. But, and I do mean but, but, but for the, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. <clears throat> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the one, the only, Ryan Rails. Who the fuck else? And I will be getting a microphone, so I'll be sounding a little more fancy dandy and professional. I tell you what, man. Okay. So, let's start off the show by reviewing Raw. And I know that most of you would like me to discuss what happened in Nia Jackson. Um, it was a very holy accident. I mean, I apologize for the content that is about to be shown. I mean, heard. But, um... It was funny. I mean, I. it may not have been funny to Nia, but uh, actually, wait a minute. It does say she's injured. Holy cow. What's it? Nia Jax leaves fans in hysterics after hilarious WWE Raw entry. <laughs> I mean, no one should laugh at people getting hurt, but I mean. <clears throat> so she admits to being plagued from one injury after the other. Okay. That <laughs> I'm gonna play this audio if I can just if you just give me just a second, folks. My apologies for um, laughing at someone while they're injured, but Nia was extremely friendly to me at WrestleMania. But it says today's headlines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Nia Jax took to Twitter, and it was a very odd injury, if you will. I mean, normally. You wouldn't scream my whole, my all, but it's just. The, <laughs> I bet you everyone in the virtual audience is probably laughing their tits off. And I know that shouldn't be the central focus of my discussion, but you know what? As I said, I'm doing something completely different from what I normally do. So apparently, 
Lana versus Nia Jackson at table match. She started tumbling out of the ring, so hold on a second. Do you have the audio clip, man? Do you know? Okay, so she injured another superstar on Raw. Well, okay. Okay, so Nia Jax. She probably hurt something. I'm not sure, but I it says it trends on YouTube, on Twitter. Holy cow. Nia Jax got censored in replays of this week's WWE Raw. Mm-hmm. Let me play this whole three-minute clip. Sorry, but that's just, I had to hold in my laughter. I buried my face in the pillow. They censored her. They censored her. 
Oh, goodness. I I shouldn't be laughing at someone else's peril. My bad, folks. If you land on your ass on a leg drop, that shit actually does hurt. But, wow. Um, I uh, Aside from that match, since we are on the eve of WrestleMania at the site of the Super Bowl, at the site where WrestleMania 36 was supposed to be, Right, but that shit was fucking funny. And I, like I said, I shouldn't laugh at someone else's injury. But fucking Christ, man. Sometimes you just gotta laugh. And instances, it wasn't something totally sadistic or twisted. Come on now. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can message me through Wrestle underscore radio, Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. You can also, if you're bold and brazen and, you know, like to message me through Twitter, you can also DM me through there, at underscore Brian Rails. There it is. I'm going to read the raw results because I didn't quite catch, I didn't quite catch my attention until now that everybody was trending the fact that Nia Jax had hurt a certain part of her anatomy, if you will, and it was, I'm sorry, but if you don't laugh at that, you'd be the butt end of jokes. I mean, okay, I know that it wasn't too soon, but you know, okay, let me see here, CBS Sports, recap, Greg, I didn't catch most of it, dude. Surprisingly not, you know, it says. Drew McIntyre is set to defend the title in Elimination Chamber. Wow, you know, it's really sad when you lose track of what goes where and who goes where. Yeah, I know. So now Elimination Chamber is on the dismiss. Goodbye. If you have any questions, folks, be sure to message me. I will be glad to answer. So, Shane McMahon returned to Raw. Wow. Randy Orton beat McIntyre via disqualification after interference from Sheamus. AJ Styles beat Jeff Hardy via submission. He's looking to make an immediate statement chances to win. The New Day defeat Retribution, Slapjack and T-Bar. Lacey Evans beat Charlotte Flair via DQ. Okay, so now Rick's in a supposed story relationship with Lacey. Who cares? Damian Priest beat Angel Garza. Okay. The Reckoning, Miz, and Morrison were in Garza's corner while Bad Bunny was with Priest. Okay. Bianca Belair was interviewed backstage Said she still has not decided who she wants to challenge At Wrestlemania Keith Lee beat Matt Riddle With a spear bomb Lana beat Nia Jax in a tables match I'm sorry but that was really Like the holy shit moment <clears throat> Pun intended Naomi defeated Shayna Baszler With a small package oh, Jesus Christ um, Whatever I guess that sets up the Tag team women's tag team championship match. You know, you have two impossibles beating uh dominant forces. I can understand No, I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna understand. 
Shayna Baszler was very dominant in NXT. And I get she's got a different role when she was called up to main roster because when you're called up to main roster, you've got to be molded in the boss's mind and how he works and how they work. So I'm not going to take away from the football discussion that I'm about to uh, embark upon about what happened recently with the NFL, why so many people are uh, discussing what went on during probably one of the lowest-rated Super Bowls in history. It was supposed to be a shootout, folks. It was supposed to be the greatest thing of all. But before I get to it, allow me to elaborate. I was not ever a fan of Shayna Baszler up until she started improving. Her mic skills improved drastically. Her badassery has never wavered, even when, you know, she was the queen of hearts, or queen of spades, my bad. And she had Marina Safir and Jessamine Duke. I remember those days when there was a crowd and people just looked forward to her coming out and just kicking the crap out of people. Now, she's kind of taking a back seat. And let me address that. Ever since she's been on Raw, she's been second tier to somebody who she could easily choke out, but she's best friends with. And that's the... And how do we know they're BFFs? Do they hang out? Do they shop together? I don't think even Shayna would say, hey, yeah, we fucking shop together. It's nice to know my personal business is out on the streets. No. What I'm saying is she has taken a total... In complete drastic change into what she once was. It's the same thing that they've done to Aleister Black and Riddle and Keith Lee. They have adjusted them. They have manufactured superstars like they did back in the day. Except for there's one problem. What molds, where, when, how, why... Because you've got originals like McIntyre, you've got Orton, you've got Sheamus. When they got called up from OVW to the main roster, things got a little different because they weren't headlining, you know, takeovers. There was no such thing back in the day. There was a briefing, a brief, and I mean brief, version of NXT. But they never had these things like call-ups to the main roster. They were just mad science experiments. So where am I going with this? Okay, so Elimination Chamber is coming up. And I'm not so sure that Nia and Shayna can put on a show as well as Bailey and Sasha did when they were the women's tag team champions. At, or actually, no, they were the Sasha and Bailey were the very first to hold those straps. And did they take the gimmick to the highest? Yes. Should I give Shayna and Nia a chance? Sure. I'm just pissed off at what the fuck they're doing with Shayna. Why would you have somebody called up from NXT? It was an absolute nightmare to face in the ring. And now we're making Shayna Baszler completely turning it into a Frosty from fucking Wendy's. And she's I don't care who goes over, whether she's a heel or face. You just can't keep fucking doing this shit to make you know, the people who main evented NXT is maybe different than NXT to the level of main roster. Are you fucking kidding me? 
NXT was what pushed this company into overdrive of being the best. NXT may not be the division that someone favors or tries to favor, but they certainly take a look at the talent. It's not that they discount their talent. But you get what I'm saying? Shayna improved so much, and she's adjusting so much. I don't know. She's more fucking patient than I'd be, dude. Just looking at her, man. She's got a look. She's got that intimidating factor. Like, do you really want to fuck with me? And then she gets beat by a small package. Like, no. She should be choking people out in that ring. She should be absolutely destroying, obliterating people. Making them fear her. Well, these people have been there before, so you want a rookie to run roughshod? Let me rephrase that. What did Riot Squad do when they first arrived on the scene? They completely tore up the scene and made sure that their presence was felt on SmackDown Live with Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. And then the story completely went to shit. After a certain amount of time. And should I should I be pleasantly surprised? No. And why do I watch? I didn't. So yeah, problem solved. If I don't want to watch, I don't have to. If uh, just reading it pisses me off because Shayna Baszler should be up on the upper echelon, up the upper tier, on the upper tier I should say. Of getting a chance to face the women's champion, Asuka. And you know she can put on a damn good show because she did with Kyrie Sane. She did with Bianca Belair. Shayna can put on a damn good show with anybody she's in the ring with. That's just me, folks. I digress. So, folks, for those of you listening at home that are Chiefs and Buccaneers fans, <clears throat> the following content contains expletive language. Suitable for my not suitable for children the age of eighteen. Any children under the age of eighteen, this content is not suitable for minors your age. And if you're listening to my show and you go back to school and repeat what I say, I am not responsible for any disciplinary action given to you by the authoritative figure such as your principal, such as your teacher, so on and so forth gotten some complaints, which means I'm doing my job. <clears throat> Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark sub-podcast of Wrestle Radio Network. Any reproduction and likeness thereof will result in a $45 fine with the title Off the Rails or Off the Rails Uncensored. Trust me, folks. There are some that have tried this shit, and they think... That they're the original? Huh. That's cute. Well, what can I say? This is the first time I've ever ventured into sports talk land. I don't think uh, I'm ESPN material, but I do have material. Believe me, I do. All right, folks. <clears throat> Buckle up, fuckers, because you're about to get inside my mind. And also here, my opinions and also listen to the facts off the rails uncensored monkeys in the truck can you please hit my music 
folks. I know Granny Hulkster personally, and I love her to death. And I know other Chiefs fans, and I know several Buccaneer fans. Am I going to list them off by name, sir? No. The point of this is to just variate my show just a smidgen from what it normally does. Okay? Because normally I would go on a 22-minute tirade about what I fucking dislike. And you saw, just you heard just a snippet of why I was pissed at what they're doing with Shayna Baszler gushing for tomorrow night because we're heading into Elimination Chamber and we're also headed on the road to WrestleMania. And this pay-per-view can either make you or break you, can also injure you or take you to a whole nother level. And trust me, I remember watching the very first Elimination Chamber back in 2000. Four, I believe it was when Shawn Michaels decided to come back and win the World Heavyweight Championship. Like I said, I've got some wrestling to discuss tomorrow. For now, I've decided to switch gears and go straight to what happened on a Sunday afternoon. No, a Sunday evening. Now, had there been wrestling? Like the uh, NXT halftime show, I probably would have watched. Simply because over the last few, actually, long, long periods of time since I was two, I have cheered for the silver and black. Now, we had three Hall of Fame inductees. We had Tom Flores. Charles Woodson, and for the fans, Ford fans, Hall of Fame, we had Wayne Violator Mabry. Just win, baby. Now, the discussion goes something like this. If there was professional wrestling on on Sunday versus the Super Bowl, it'd be probably on USA Network. Or if they had AEW going around, it'd be on TNT. Or if they had Impact, it would be on this network. I think. So on and so forth, folks. So you want to know what would be worth watching. Now, I know some fans are going to say, here we go. He's going to start ripping the Chiefs a new one. Not necessarily just yet. I've got, you know, a whole line of stats to read. Okay, now, please understand, I don't like saying or doing a show without having factual fucking evidence as to if a team was favored by the officials or if they were not. They say, well, what if it happened to the Raiders? Guess what, fuckers? We've been dealing with that for the last 40 years because why... Our owner was such a maverick, man. You could not pry that man away from being brutally honest. And that is why the league wasn't very forgiving without immaculate reception, anyone, the tuck rule, Saragusa flattening Gannon, and no fucking penalty called. For those who want to know what it feels like to be screwed by the officials, Well, 
take it from a Raiders fan, we know how that feels. Maybe not so much on the grandest stage of them all, the Super Bowl, but here's what I have to say. When you have a man like Tom Brady and another up-and-comer like Patrick Mahomes, who was by far, you know, untouchable this season and really at this point, folks, you want my honest opinion on the Kansas City Chiefs. They've always had a postseason presence. And for someone, one of my work coworkers to say, we were nobodies. No, the Chiefs had somebody. They just didn't use them. Marcus Allen, Joe Montana, Priest Holmes. The Chiefs have had thousand-yard rushers in multiple seasons. Okay, they are not a bad football team. Well, their record will tell you that. They only lost one game. Okay, so. Let's see here. KC Chiefs penalty yards. When you have over 100 yards in penalties, let's face it, penalties in 2021. Okay. It says Super Bowl penalties have always hurt the Chiefs. Well, let's see. CBSSports.com. How many they have today? How many penalties were in the Super Bowl? Chiefs were called for 11 penalties in Super Bowl 55 against the Buccaneers. Okay. And I want to see what the star had to say, but you know what? It says you can't have that. Chiefs anguish over number of, number of penalties in Super Bowl loss. So Andy Reid... Let me hear what he had to say. Because of the research that I've started to do on ancestry documents. Well, you know, we got an advertisement, folks, in the way, obviously, but I wish we could skip through that. Yes, folks, bring your history to life. Yes. They played better than we did, and that's my responsibility. I, I and I take full responsibility for it. Um, you, you just can't you can't do the things that we did, um, uh, and, and beat a good football team like that, particularly at this level. So with that, time's yours. All right. First, we'll go to Herbie Kilby, Kansas City Star. Hey, Coach. Good evening. All right, Herbie. Eight penalties for 98 yards, I believe it, or 95 yards in the first half. I mean, that such an uncharacteristic play from you guys. What did you say to your team with those penalties, and how much did that turn the tide of the game, in your opinion? Well, you, you can't have that. I mean, you can't have penalties, uh, not that many. I think we had 10 of them total. Uh, and that you're taking, you're taking uh, space away from yourself, either defensively or offensively, and so, you know, that it is uncharacteristic, and it's too bad it happened today, for sure. Next, we'll go to Adam Teicher, ESPN. 
Hi, Andy. Um, you guys had pieced it together pretty well with that offensive line up till up until tonight. Was it just a case tonight where Tampa's front was was pretty tough and you guys just couldn't handle them? Is that all this was tonight? I don't want to tell you they're not tough, um, but I tell you I, I could have done a better job of putting our guys in a a better position. They fought their tail off. The guys never gave up. I mean, these are champions, and and uh, just the fact that they were able to get themselves back to this fight, you know, fighting like crazy to get here. Um, it was a bad day to have a bad day, but um, I, I'm not going to lay it on the the offensive line. We when when we lose, we all lose together on this. All right, next we'll go to Sam Millinger, Kansas City Star. Hey, Andy. Um, I, Maybe this is along the lines of what people have been asking you, and I realize the game just ended, but we haven't seen you guys struggle like that offensively. I've not had a touchdown since Patrick's been your quarterback. Just how much of this was execution for your part, and how much of this was something maybe the Bucks were doing that, uh, you know, just, just wrecked what you were trying to do? Yeah, listen, Todd had a good plan, but um, like I said, I I could have done a whole lot better putting these guys in a better position to, to make plays. I mean, you know, the. My guys busted their tail, and um, you know we just we didn't you know it just didn't work for us. So, but give credit to Todd for for the job that he did. He got us. Women everywhere have switched to Madison Reed. Okay, so <laughs> if the coach could admit that they were not at their best. And I know some fans back home in Kansas City would probably tell me that the reason for their loss was due to the referees and favoring Tom Brady. It's just not, you know, equating to anything in my mind as to, you know, the reason why they lost is, here's the stats here. Look, just watching that game, it was supposed to be a shootout, right, between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, the two best quarterbacks of this time period, right? So, okay, Super Bowl 21 choice square analyst led by Tom Brady Buccaneers, root chiefs for title. Okay, I'm going to read from ESPN.com, a very credible source. So passing first downs, the Chiefs had 22, the Buccaneers had 26. Um, rushing first downs, 7 for Kansas City and 8 for Tampa Bay. So 12, and this is just the first down, fourth down efficiency. Kansas City was 1 of 3. Tampa was 0 for 1. Total plays from scrimmage. Chiefs had 69. The Buccaneers had 63. Total yards. This is very sty- this is uh this is very plaguing in my mind. Uh, the Chiefs had 350 yards of total offense, and the Buccaneers had 340. They both had 11 drives and yards per play on average. Chiefs had 5.1, and the Buccaneers only had 0.3 more, 5.4. Okay, so passing-wise, Chiefs had 243 yards versus the Buccaneers, 195. Okay, 21 to 29 was Brady. 
26 of 49. You see, out of, okay, so <laughs> that's a little, you're passing a little too much, but, I mean, look at, you got a quarterback that has a cannon for an arm, and both Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Yards per pass, here's the difference maker, 6.5. The interceptions thrown, Mahomes with two and Brady with zero. Sacks, yard loss, there's three, and there's a total of 27. The penalties, Kansas City had 11 penalties for 120 yards, and the Buccaneers were only penalized four times for 39 yards. So the time of possession was close. I mean, you look at, okay, the Chiefs had 28 minutes and 37 seconds, and the Buccaneers had 31 minutes and 23 seconds. Now, if I was to break down this game for you guys, it'd be boring as fuck. So let me tell you something. Was I disappointed that it wasn't a shootout or even a close game? Yes. I was just like, man, alive. Uh, is watching wrestling over football a better option? At that point, to be honest with you, the status that I am, I watched the game. I sat it and watched the whole thing from start to finish. I did have a friend come over and we had wings from the diner that my roommate saved. We had uh, eggs in a blanket. We had celery. We had a whole bunch of shit. Anyways, long story short, enough of the kitchen table stuff. If I'm going to sit here and tell you that, oh, yeah, I feel bad for the Chiefs. Um, my rival football, or the rival football team that is the Kansas City Queefs. But here's the deal. When you listen to certain people talk about who the greatest of all time is, when it, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, baseball. If your team shows up and does not play to the best of their ability, especially in the Super Bowl, how do you expect to win a football game? Now, some people can make the excuse that the referees were totally favoring favoring Brady. But if I just read to you the statistics, and you're 26 of 49, that means that man was running for his life trying to throw the ball to whomever he could find, not looking where he throws, and he throws two picks. Okay, He didn't expect the one where Tyreek Hill bats the ball right into Winfield's hands. But a good friend of mine back in Kansas City, said, y'all make it too hard for us because the whole season, you're going to be cocky and confident and want to win the championship. Who's not going to win? Who's not going to want to win a championship um, if you're playing in the Super Bowl? You'd be fucking insane not to want to win a Super Bowl title, especially against Tom Brady. Now, some of you may ask, well, why – why weren't you cheering for us? Um, let me ask you the same question. If the Raiders were in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals or the Niners or whomever the fuck it would be, do you think Chiefs fans would honestly cheer for us? Some have said, well, I'll cheer for the AFC because it's the AFC, and I will you know, stand by that theory of cheering. 
I don't know who to believe on that theory, but my heart and my brain are having conflicting issues with that statement because we've waited a long time to tell you this. You think the officials have screwed you. Take it from a fan base that has not only dealt with Gene Steratore's paper gate in a game that could have changed our, actually turned our season around just a smidgen, even though our defense is fucking horrible in some instances, actually in a lot of instances, in a lot of ways. But we're not talking about my team. Oh, no, no, no. But, yeah, see, my team gets put or brought, dragged into discussions no matter what. Well, did your team make it? You know, that's what I fucking thought. You're irrelevant. You can't discuss. You know, it's like, dude, how petty can one fan base be? Okay, you lost in the Super Bowl. Actually, I shouldn't say you. I should say the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl because they were outplayed. They made. I mean, their defense was supposed to be, you know, shut down with Tyron Matthew and Rashard Breland and all them. They've got to give them credit. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl, right? That defense, from what I told a friend of mine, how do you beat the Blitz? How do you beat Spagnolo and the Blitz? And don't say that, oh, it's because if you pay the referees off, because that's just fucking petty, too. Because let me tell you something. Before you guys lost to the Buccaneers, this is not a proud moment either. The Raiders lost to the Buccaneers, too. And we're not making this about my team, but if someone wants to keep razzing on me on my Instagram, I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't read stats and you don't watch the replays, like, I could show you not just memes, but video footage. That's not going to change the Chiefs fans' minds about what, you know, went down in their football game. Because it will always be the referee's fault or the excuse that their mind was on Britt Reed and what he did to those children. Come the fuck on, man. Let's be, let's be real, shall we? A team that got, had the blueprint for beating the Chiefs in 2020 – at Arrowhead Stadium, 40-32, to 32, turned into the blueprint for beating them 31-9 to 9, and the first ever team to win in home field advantage with a quarterback that had won nine conference championships. Nine. Okay? And this would be number 10 because he's now in the NFC. You can't deny fucking talent, and you cannot pass up on defending Gronkowski. He just, he's too big a target. And not only was he a factor, you had Leonard Fournette. And let me read the statistics for you. Okay, so rushing yards, you didn't have much, but you did have a couple touchdowns. Because it says, let's see here. The final score, if I look at this on GameCast, you know, there's no overtime. I'm not watching the highlights, but let's see here. Leonard Fournette had 16 carries. 89 yards and one touchdown versus Travis Kelsey, who had, you know, actually, that's not a fair comparison. So Patrick Mahomes was 26 of 49, 270 yards, two interceptions. And here's the staggering statistic zero touchdowns. The offense that at will could score 30 points or more or come back from a two touchdown deficit and just got by, you know, on winning games by three points, four points, three points, four points. Eventually, folks, that catches up with you. 
And you can't sit there and tell me that the Chiefs, you know, didn't work their ass off. They did. It's just (laughs) for some people to be saying that the officials, you know, throwing the flags and not letting them play. So let me get this straight. I'll give you two prime instances and real play when the Chiefs had the ball in a series, right? I don't know their numbers, and I don't intend to, but the substitute for Eric Fisher, whomever, okay? When you horse-collar tackle a dude from getting your quarterback in the backfield, I commend you because you don't want your quarterback to get your ass, you know. You don't want your quarterback to get his ass whooped, okay? Patrick Mahomes was running for his life the entire fucking game. And if you're going to equate that to Eric Fisher not being there, that probably would be correct. Eric Fisher, the right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever tackle position he plays. Let me explain something to you. Tom Brady, 21 to 29, 201 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he had 69 yards less than Mr. Mahomes, who you know is by far one of – the quarterbacks to watch out for because that man can throw from the ground. And boy, you know what, that kinda that kinda just says a lot. The man was trying. But when you see that game, it was so it was a surprise. Because they had literally dominated every other defense that they had gone up against. The only defense to give them fits and I'll say this, you know, even though despite the fact that our team was dead last in a lot of statistics defensively and we weren't even a not motherfucking factor when it came to postseason appearance, because I guarantee you, if the Raiders show up and you want to talk about getting screwed, the league's going to try and find a way to fuck us over. Even though we probably could on, you know, if we would have had a defense, we'd put on a better show than the Chiefs. I guarantee you. Aguilar, Rugs, all that speed on offense. Josh Jacobs healthy. I'm talking about a quarterback and Patrick Mahomes that normally when he throws, Kelsey's right there for the end zone. Hill's right there. So are they going to change their game plan? I don't know. It's not... I'm not a part of the organization that gives a fuck less. What I'm trying to tell you was it was an elation. It was a feeling of elation knowing that the Chiefs lost. Do you know why? Do you know why? It's not the team. Okay, that's partially it. And anywhere you're going to have fans that run their mouth. Okay. (laughs) But when you take a look back at the entire Super Bowl, and I dare any regular Chief fan to sit there without bias to watch it again and tell me, in some instances, was Tyron Matthew draped all over the receiver or was he simply trying to defend the ball? You tell me that. Okay? Also... I'll give credit where credit's due. They did make a Super Bowl with a backup roster. 
without Eric Fisher, but when you get to face somebody like Tom Brady, <clears throat> who is the bane of every fan base's existence because they want to see that man retire. Oh no. Patrick Mahomes' name gets thrown as being thrown in as being the GOAT. Right next to Tom Brady, who's already won six championships, and this dude's only got okay, so he's won one in this current century. And yeah, that's more than my favorite team to cheer for, the silver and black. But again, fuck to you. Like I said, when we get a defense, look out. Oh, let me get to my point. Certain fans will trash talk. That's just the nature of the beast, right? I'm not talking about just trash talk. All year long, we had to hear, run it back. Our year again. Guess what? Cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. I felt so relieved. Because I would have never heard the end of it being tagged on Facebook, being so sorry your team didn't make it, and they're still going to say it because, you know, we're friends, okay? But if you look at the statistics, folks, stats don't lie, nor do the results. And when you have to throw a grand total of 75 times and you get more yardage than Brady, that's great. Not about yardage, it's about points. And this is a playing field that Mahomes is not unfamiliar with. But for the accusations as far as unfair calls, there were maybe one questionable call, you know, (coughs) when Breland tripped and fell into the dude. i sorry, but that shit was kind of funny. You fall into a dude and get a penalty called against you, now you know that's kind of, That's kind of questionable right there. But at the same time, if you wanted to make a goal line stand against Brady, that would have helped your defense. That would have helped the momentum. But when you jump off sides on a field goal attempt and give Brady another opportunity to score a touchdown pass, uh uh-uh. In the words of Bianca Belair, you don't go here. It's like some of the mind-boggling penalties that happen. Why in the fuck would you drape yourself all over Gronkowski? It's easier said than done as I'm not six foot six. I am not 240 pounds, and nor do I play in the NFL. But just from observing what transpired on certain instances, like a field goal, a goal line stand, that should have shifted the momentum for the Chiefs at the one-yard line because normally Mahomes can drive 99 yards. And when they were to punt the ball, that was kind of unfamiliar territory for the guy. Not only was he running his whole life, the dude got whacked in the fourth quarter to the point where I was literally out loud saying, holy shit. Also... Like I said, I normally don't mind Tony Romo's commentary except for the fact I get it. Nobody wants to see Tom Brady win another trophy. I'll give you that much. However, if you ask from any other opposing fan base's point of view, 
Some of y'all, not all of you guys, I'm not roping all of you into this, okay? Some of you all just ran out so much to the point where every other fan base was getting so pissed off by hearing the words, we're going to do it, you know, we're going to do it again, we're going to run it back. Okay, you got there, we'll give you that much credit. Um, you were outscored and was held to, this is the amazing fact, I'm still baffled by this, three fucking field goals. Three field goals, folks. And this is a high-octane offense. One that could score at will with Clyde Zaire, with Pringle, Hardman. He's got so many fucking weapons because he has what? He has all day to throw. Now, not having an O-lineman, that does make a big difference. Because you notice the difference they were. But now, there's a blueprint to beat the Chiefs. Even with a backup tackle. Are you fucking kidding me? That gave the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. For next year. They're like, well, we'll have Fisher back. We'll have that back. Oh, no, son. No. So now we know where you go on third down and where you like to go with, you know, how he drives back in the pocket. And if he doesn't have protection, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're uh, Lamar Jackson or if you are Deshaun Watson or even Ben Roethlisberger, if you don't have your set of O-linemen that are normally there on the regular, on fucking daily, taking, you know, snaps, and being where they're supposed to be assignment-wise. Dude just went up against a defense that has not relented. And they had Andamika Sue, They had Jason Pierre-Paul, Tampa did. And the relentless pass rush that they had on Mr. Mahomes. Even though he escaped and eluded a lot, that's just what he does. He likes being crushed. But when you have to run backwards 10, 15 yards at a time, yeah, it's difficult. When you have to play the O-line shuffle and they get through on the left or right side and they get penalties, you cannot horse-collar a guy and tackle him to the ground. You also, and this is what you know goes without saying, I've never seen a team manhandle the Chiefs all year long up until now, and that was the baffling point. It was like, man, okay, We've seen the Chiefs all season long being a great football team and surviving barely by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin in some games. I don't know if I have ever seen them blow. Okay, they blew out the Jets. That was a four-drawn conclusion. My team barely beat them, so they're like, you can barely have room to talk. Okay, look, the division's going to be shaken to its core. Do you know why? Because they say the Chargers might take it with Herbert. I call bullshit. He's an up-and-comer. Their team is great. Their defense, hmm, okay, that depends. But it's up in the air now after what we all just saw, the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. There's a blueprint for beating Mahomes and the Chiefs. There's a blueprint for beating any team. Okay, this team, nope. This is their weakness. You don't think teams go to film and study you? You don't think that people take notice 
of what went down in the Super Bowl, despite the fact that they had, okay, one questionable call. How about the call with Cleveland and Sorensen? How about the call where there was interference in last year's Super Bowl? There's lots of instances that I can bring up that many fans in the kingdom, as they call themselves, will sit there and say, well, you're just negative. You're just negative, Nancy. You're such a hater. Aye, 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 man. Um, <clears throat> if you want to take a look at getting screwed outside of watching the Montreal screw job with Bret Hart and Earl Hebner, you want to talk about getting screwed by the officials. Take it from a fan base that has seen their fair share of bad call after bad call. Yes, we even as Raider fans acknowledge the fucking penalty after we watch the replay because we're fans. How many, you know, how many instances where you hear discussions? I heard it this morning, okay? And this is is sad being in New York, right, and hearing a discussion about football. And how the referees completely favored Brady. Like, fuck, man. He's 43 years old. He's as old as fucking father time. And the Chiefs were supposed to whoop up on him and beat him in the Super Bowl. And Mahomes has beaten Brady before. Well, this is now twice now. Once in the AFC Championship in New England. Not in New England, but in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. And now in Brady's new home and Raymond James Stadium at Tampa. So what's the excuse? You know, that's now twice now that somebody from the Kansas City Chiefs have lined up offside and cost them, you know, it wouldn't cost them the game, but that was a momentum shifter right there. And even Travis Kelsey got up from the podium after he was interviewed and saying, you know what, they acknowledged the defeat, and I normally don't like Kelsey because me, I just, there's something about him that doesn't sit right. And there's also, you know, the fact that people will hate me for saying this, but when you look at the replays of certain plays against and in certain downs where Brady threw it that direction, you knew where he was fucking going to go since him and Matthew were jawing at each other earlier in the game. You knew exactly what he was going to do. He wasn't just going to sit back and go, okay, I'm going to attack a different corner. I'm going to try Breland. No, people, that's not Tom Brady. He will dissect your defense, look at you without even hesitating, and say, okay, so you have a blitz scheme. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at the defense. I'm going to see what they give me, and I'm going to work against it as best I can. And, boy, you know what? That no-huddle offense carried on from New England to Tampa, and it worked to fucking perfection. That little dink-dunk that I was telling people about, dink-dunk, dink-dunk. Middle of the field, run the ball. <clears throat> Leonard Fournette is a, was a power, is, still is a power back. So, really, the run game with Fournette and Jones was like a one-two punch like Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs. So, to me, if you're going to run the little tight end screen, is that, you know, the officials favoring the Buccaneers if they score a touchdown with Gronkowski? Not once, but twice. 
And then Fournette on a little bubble screen that went for 42 yards. I mean, the dude only had 89 yards. How the fuck is that possible? 89 yards, and he has a touchdown. Yeah, a touchdown. And Suckup made two field, actually one field goal. The one was nullified by a penalty on Kansas City. Penalties will fucking kill you, folks. If you even Reed said it best, we chose a really bad day to have a bad day. He acknowledged the fact that he acknowledged the fact that his team didn't do as good. I mean, it made it stings for the you know my my friends and that are Chiefs fans. But you know what? If I'm looking at this game from a statistical point of view and also from an observational point of view, I'm going to tell you the real. If they, if you were supposed to beat Tom, if the Chiefs were supposed to beat Tom Brady, and that offense with Mike Evans and Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette and Jones, you know, muscle tough man, more power to you. But don't ever underestimate a quarterback before. Don't ever underestimate a quarterback that has been to the big dance before, and they didn't. I guarantee you the Chiefs did not take him lightly. And, yeah, I really at this point didn't care to cheer for either team because that's like a fucking death sentence for Raider fans. Again, the Niall Weiner fans lose the championship to the Chiefs. Then the Chiefs go back to the championship another year. So it's like, Jesus Christ, the league wants variation of who goes in and who goes out. Thought for you. Pick somebody new and quit being a fucking work. It doesn't necessarily have to be my. It'd be nice if it were my team. I would fucking kill for, you know the ability to see my team in the Super Okay. So granted, I know I'm going to hear a lot of backlash in the comment section when I share this, but you know what? Here's what I'm going to say Alright In 2020 The Chiefs were expected to go to the Super Bowl In 2020 The Buccaneers with Tom Brady Who ultimately impacted that group I don't know if Brady could have impacted our group Because our defense was Um it's a work in progress. It's not the best. It's not the greatest. It's, eh, it'll get there. But when Gruden literally was interviewed, and I found this interesting, what's the blueprint for beating Kansas City? Stay home. Don't let him get out of the pocket. Make sure you, pre- you know disguise the pressures. Send people on every down, and if you get to him, you know just stay home. And the Buccaneers did their homework and did the best they absolutely possibly could. And now they're champions, so what can you do? We can be sick all we want. We can grab Home Depot buckets all we want. But stats don't lie. When you have 11 penalties for over 110 yards, holy fuck. And you can tell the annoying thing about the analysts. Oh, just let them play. The fuck you all talking about? You had money on the Kansas City Chiefs. 
you're not supposed to gamble, but I guarantee you that's what, you know, Phil Sims and all those analysts, I'm pretty sure he had, you know, oh, well, I didn't have money on it. I didn't bet, man. Really? So you want a high-octane offensive game. Okay. So it just proves our point. Without certain people in that lineup, that is how Patrick Mahomes is. Wow, you know what? That just gave a blueprint, folks, as to how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in 2021 when the regular season starts in September. Just take notice, all right? They are beatable. They did lose one game in the regular season. They did lose another game in the biggest game on the grandest stage of them all, the Super Bowl. Now, is watching wrestling – was watching wrestling better than that? Mm, that depends. There was no NXT halftime takeover show. <sighs> to sum it all up, folks, yeah, it was therapeutic to hear the magic word, the referee screwed us. The fuck you all talking about? I cannot begin to put into how many phrases and words that'll make you guys eat a slice of humble pie. You want to talk about screwed? Why don't you join our fan base and watch and watch replays and say, okay, yeah, the Arden key penalty, that was obvious, dude. You got to point that out. Oh, and also, if you're going to revert back to my team, Maybe there's one fact that may annoy Chiefs fans. In the division of the AFC West, Denver has three. The Raiders have three. The Chiefs have two. The Chargers have zero. Okay? We don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. We don't know who's going to be in the playoff circle for next year. But what we do know as sports fans is... That Super Bowl was supposed to be the greatest show, right? Did it live up to its expectations? Mm. Uh, that may be a debate for a different time and a different show. But to answer that question, no, it did not live up to expectations. The food was great from where I was eating. The view, holy fuck. Did we expect to have that much, you know, that many points scored by one team against a high-octane offense that was obliterating teams in the first, you know, few quarters and then barely hanging on by a thread and making it thrilling during their entire season of 2020? And the fan base was very hopeful that they would win another Super Bowl. Like, who wouldn't be, okay? I'm not going to lie. Yes. The Raiders had the Chiefs record and the defense that they had been, you know, there were certain calls that they had gotten away with, you know, during the play, the postseason of 2020 that got them into the driver's seat for the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 55. <clears throat> but what it boils down to is if you make bonehead decisions on defense to get a penalty thrown against you and you're going up against Tom Brady, and a lot of you make the comments he pays off the officials. So for seven Super Bowls, hmm, that's about as many championships as Bret Hart. There's a random fact for you. Uh, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but, I mean, he's 43 years old who beat a 25-year-old man. 
But now I'm going to put the emphasis, he be a 25-year-old kid. Why am I being so spiteful? No. I'm just being brutally honest because I've had to hear it all year round, being teased and and all the fans, you know, been nice to me and all that. I'm just, I'm just doing my job as a podcast host, man. I am generally speaking my mind because it's been a while since I've done a um, reverse of what my show normally is. I might do this again, but this time, you know, with baseball, you want to talk about getting screwed by the officials. The umpire in the game with Aroldis Chapman in Tampa Bay and this is the annoying thing. Goes up, you know, Aroldis comes up from his set, does the wind up in the pitch, throws about four strikes. Actually, throws one strike because it was fouled off, another strike fouled off, another strike fouled off, ball, 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 three and two, full count. I thought he was going to walk him with the way things are going. The guy swings and ends up hitting a game winning home run again. So. Not just football, folks. Baseball, too, has crooked officials. What I mean by that is if you look at the replays and you clearly see it, but there's nothing we can do because, God forbid, if they let people actually sign petitions to have another game because they didn't feel the umpire or official called the game correctly, we'd be here forever with petty sore losers who don't know that irregardless, okay, so the officials favored Tom Brady. Excuse you. For for the time being that I've watched the Kansas City Chiefs all my life, and I have not I have yet to see a game in which they did not favor the Chiefs. Because they you gotta understand you cannot hold a dude by the freaking collar and the jersey and then not expect an interference call to be called. You just fucking can't do that shit. But like I said, I'm not going to change the mind of Chiefs fans because they're probably going to be like, fuck you, dude, your team. What did your team do? Because that's your one re- constant revert to my team. You will mention how shitty my team's defense was and how we could never, ever match up with your team. Excuse the fuck out of me for saying this when I tell you guys nicely. Fuck you. And your little conspiracy theories about how the officials screwed you over. Excuses are for assholes. Everyone's got one. And some fans are assholes. If you can't get past the fact that it took a 43-year-old man and in a completely different new environment. And he not only owned the time of possession, that was key. He did not turn the ball over. Yeah, he pointed to Breland because he was holding. Because look, look at the replay. You can't be holding jersey because it's usually the guy that gets caught second, right? Not only uh, Tyron Matthew and Rashard Breland was at Breland, that tripping penalty was a bit ridiculous. But at the same token, you cannot line up offsides on a field goal kick. You can't do make mental mistakes. And Andy Reid acknowledged it. Why can't y'all? Come on. At the rate, I was, you know, watching a game at the bar with Raider Nation. Okay, 
because there are Raider chapters all around the country. And we acknowledge, man, that was dumb. We yell at the screen, even though they can't fucking hear us. You know how loyal we are? Our team ended up 8-8, eight and eight, and the bar was still fucking full of Raider fans because it was a Raider chapter. Yeah, we didn't make the Super Bowl. We didn't have uh, representation in the Pro Bowl except for maybe Darren Waller. I guarantee you. When we come back next year, we coming looking for you, Kansas City. Raider Nation, silver and black. Just win, baby. And uh, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, fine. I don't fucking care. I've added some new flavor into this. I think I'm going to add some more sports talk into this because, you know, baseball season is coming up. I'm not going to talk about every game, but I am going to discuss new addition for the Yankees, including Corey Kluber, the re-signing of DJ LeMayhew. Man, it feels great talking about sports on here. I know that a lot of you hate the Yankees and a lot of you don't like the Raiders. I don't give a flying fuck. Because you'll listen and still boo the fuck out of me and say, God, what the fuck is this schmuck talking about? Anyways, anyways, if you didn't like a good old Brian Rail, I had to say that I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Sue those bitches, I got to go to sleep. I got the whole week off. This is amazing. Personality, the cult of personality. 